You're listening to Tabletop Arcanum, a podcast dedicated to learning and exploring the hobby of tabletop gaming. Your hosts are Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, so sit back and relax as we talk, discuss, and joke our way through the hobby we love so much. Welcome to Tabletop Arcanum. We're your hosts, Justin and Ricky, and we just had an entire marathon running right in our own homes. Yes, you heard it here. We just got done with Gen Con Online. How are you feeling, Justin? Uh, I'm personally exhausted because I've been pretty much pulling 15-hour days sitting behind a computer, which uh, I give credit for people who can do that for that long. I think it was by the third day I was like literally pacing sections of the house when my wife thought I was insane. So that's fair. That's fair. I personally uh, invested early in the quarantine into a nice pair of wireless headphones so that I could pace at all times while working from home. So that really paid off this weekend. Before we get into our whole experiences, let's very, very light roll recap because we want no spoilers for this weekend. Justin, other than this weekend, have you played anything at all? I've been dabbling a little bit with Arkham Horror, getting prepped for a online league. Played a little bit of like Seven Wonders Duels, Ticket to Ride with the Wife, uh, and then a solo game of Nemesis. So like I've been playing games outside of Gen Con, but it was mostly just kind of like little light stuff or dabbly stuff or like, hey, I was bored on a Sunday evening and I just fired up Nemesis on TTS. Mm -hmm. Excellent. What about you? Of course, Harry Potter, Hogwarts Battle. I'm not going to lie. And of course, Monopoly Draw. But I I did right before Gen Con get a copy of Five Minute Marvel. So I did get a few rounds in on that. I mean, we've played it a bunch of times. It is Mm -hmm. a real nice game just to kind of throw in there. My girlfriend is a big fan of non-competitive games. So it was one of those games where it's like, hey, it's quick. We work together and it's just fun. And she, she enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. So other than that, Nothing too, too exciting. Of course, we've been on an odd recording schedule. We finally have started making some really good routes. And if you've been uh, listening to some of our prior episodes, we've had talks with uh, John DeClaire, with uh, AEG and his Dead Reckoning. We talked to the team of Dollars to Donuts, Sandy Peterson, just to name a few. And it's been a lot of fun. We're really enjoying that. And we feel that is almost a better benefit in the audio format because now it's, you know, people talking about games, but not really describing a game that you cannot see in like a review format. So the downside to it in that method is the fact that we don't have that much of a leeway sometimes on the interviews like for Mm -hmm. uh, Dead Reckoning we actually got in contact with AEG it was a week before their Kickstarter ended and then scheduling it getting uh, getting the interview set up it was like the same week that their Kickstarter ended and uh, it was kind of last minute scrambling to get an episode out because that would have been a regular episode week however that would have been Friday when the Kickstarter ended and we felt it was a lot more important to get that sooner than later thus why we've talked Talked about points out a few times, and like, hey, after you know, after dollars and donuts, let's do this. We haven't yet because we got the dollars and donuts interview, and we got the AEG interview for Dead uh, Dead Reckoning. So we're not going to really talk about what's upcoming, so that we don't keep pushing things off. We do intend to give a review for uh, points out because we do 
want to share our thoughts and feelings on that game. But the schedule is not going to shift in our rhythm. We're still going to release at least every uh, at least every two weeks. Experimenting if we get more interviews, maybe every week, but no promises on that yet. And we will still do the interviews, and we'll still do reviews and a couple other changes. And you know what's funny is like we made our like 2020 resolutions, and um, despite COVID and everything going on, we're still kind of making some of those resolutions come true. So mm-hmm. stay tuned until the end of the episode about that stuff. Yeah, which is wonderful. But we're gonna jump. Straight straight into the meat of the episode our gen con mm-hmm. online experience it has been for us not having to drive to indianapolis being able to be at home still together but separated I, there's a lot of things that were pros a lot of things that were cons you see some of the pros and cons and honestly i'm thinking pro i slept in my own bed it was a hotel bed which i made me sleep better con i still was up 18 hours at, uh, at my computer doing a con i still had like that full Conde experience just sitting in my computer chair yeah i uh i personally slept in my bathtub to give myself the full con experience mm. <laughs> yeah i miss albany's considering we're chicagoland we drive by the albany's factory on our oh, way to indianapolis man you forgot about that didn't you no i remembered and we were talking today about how we did stuff later on a Sunday than we normally do because we don't have to travel back. Because me and you always have that. If we leave now, we can make it to Albany's on the way home and have candy for the rest of the year. Yeah. So it, it's it's good, but you know, you know, good for my health that I'm not have like two five pound bags yeah. of gummy, uh, defective uh, uh, like defective level gummies. Because we've been going to Gen Con a couple years now in a row, like it kind of became like this mild tradition that I miss when gen con comes back physically whether it's 2021 or or later knock on wood it's 2021 but who knows at this point Mm -hmm. because that's so far away we'll we'll continue those traditions it's okay let's just go over a day-by-day aspect of the con itself in traditional gen con fashion for us our day began on it still began on wednesday even though we Mm -hmm. didn't do our traveling that day there was still two major events that happened on wednesday we watched and can't say necessarily participated in because a little bit of comments in the chat was about it that was the atomic mass games marvel crisis protocol announcement which they've been sitting on for a year if you remember my marvel crisis protocol came out or was announced at gen con last year at the in-flight report on Mm -hmm. that wednesday and so this year they did it again they're they actually separated from fantasy flight announcement so they were the hour beforehand, and they announced that the freaking X-Men and Brotherhood mm-hmm. of Mutants are going to be joining the game. Yeah. Which has literally been a thing that people have been asking for over a year now. X-Men when? X-Men when is soon. Four boxes, two characters per box. Uh, it is mm. a mostly thematic pairings. You have uh, Wolverine Sabretooth in a box. You have Toad and Magneto, Storm Cyclops, and Beast and Mystique. The one thing that they did bring up is they have other things in the pipeline that are non-mutants so it's gonna be a little bit of a weird gonna get like these four packs quickly and then it's gonna be a while before more mutants start showing up and throughout the weekend they were announcing more and more stuff we're getting marvel knights so you get bullseye daredevil kingpin uh she hulk is getting put into the game then they were announcing uh enchantress and elect uh, and angela so they were going 
crazy for like the last four to five days here pumping stuff out and i understand now seeing all of that why the timetable for the next wave of x-men uh, may be a little bit further out than would hope yeah but i'm i'm just, all of the all of their sculpts are pretty much awesome and and cool and they're fantastic yeah it's weird because of all of them i think like of like the x-men only like one was like meh and but like one out of eight figures isn't too bad for like a bad sculpt or moderately not impressive one mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it's stupid exciting right yeah but that's not the only x-men news so yeah it's not the only x-men news we also got from fantasy flight games mutant insurrection which when we saw we were we were kind of eh, but then later on in the week we actually got to see more of it and yeah. the hype is real. The hype is really real. My initial gut reaction to it was like, this looks like either a Destiny X-Men game or Elder Sign X-Men mm-hmm. game. And it's more Elder Sign, like, this is what you get. This is, uh, you know, not collectible. And the, the dice are more of a skill check sort of thing, opposed to what you can and cannot do on your turn, per se. Uh, so this is coming from Brandon Purdue and Richard Linus. Richard is, you know, Arkham Horror 2nd Edition, Elder mm-hmm. Sign. After watching the gameplay on Sunday and watching them actually play a game, it was definitely like, yes, this is an Elder Sign with X-Men. But it's, some of the rules and some of the way it's played has changed, so it feels like not necessarily Elder Sign 2.0, but like... How would you make a heroic version using similar mechanics, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the, the nitty gritty on that, uh, one to six players, they have 16 playable characters and yes. eight scenarios, which right off the bat. It is a lot bat, more like Elder Sign. Yeah, right off the bat, I'm already uh, pretty pumped, pretty pumped now, to see that. Now, it is like dice and cards, or dice, cards, cardboard. Yeah. So no minis, and that is one of the reasons why they have a lot of stuff in it, because eventually mm-hmm. if they had to make like 16 X-Men mini sculpts and eight villain sculpts or something like that your value goes right into that and then you get less game mm-hmm. or the price tech skyrockets so I'm, I'm kind of excited for that yeah 54.95 msrp uh we should be seeing that uh quarter one of 2021 yeah. so that is that is pretty exciting to see i know we had a bunch of fantasy flight announced i will say that i am pretty excited for star wars clone wars coming to armada uh, oh they yes Yes. And yes, the yes, method yes. that they're doing it because they're releasing both the Galactic Republic and the Separatist like fleet starter boxes where if mm-hmm. you're not into Armada yet, you can pick up one of those boxes and you will have what you need to play. Yeah. As well as when those are coming out, they're releasing the upgrade card pack box, which is just cards from the other older expansions put in like a you know collection box. Mm-hmm. They did this with Legion not terribly long ago where when they rolled out the it, same timing. It was when they rolled out the Galactic Republic and the Separatists. They released a uh, pack of card upgrade card pack where you know you don't have to go back and buy all the old models if for the armies you're not going to use to mm-hmm. get the cards. And they're doing that with uh, some of the X-wing stuff too. So like this is a better model. They also have the maneuver dials are being stripped out of it, and there's just a separate maneuver dial pack if you need more dials. I'm I'm really glad to see them changing some of the the business model to make it a little bit easier for people to only get what they need out of the packs. X-wing had a lot of stuff too. No, we had a new a bunch of new uh, ships coming out. Jango Fett, Slave One, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. First medium base in the scum faction now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also Legion, Anakin mm-hmm. and Darth Maul, both sculpts. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. That Darth Maul sculpt, they even have like his uh, facial tattoos mm-hmm. as ridges in the sculpt so that you can get this beautiful paint job without much effort. Yeah. And and we go back to the, the early days of Tabletop Arcanum 
where we'd always give me shit about not painting. Uh, and I finally had to stop because I was in the process of getting ready to move and I knew I wasn't going to be able mm. to keep up with it because I was painting so slow. And now I'm looking at both, you know, Anakin and Darth Maul. On top of that, the Republic and the Separatist specialists coming out. Mm -hmm. um, the clones and uh, the droids. Those all look fantastic, too. Um, the Don't sculpts forget are Clan Ren. Clan Ren, yes, yes. They all look fantastic. Oh, this mm -hmm. is the time. Right now is the time to paint so that when we can finally go out in public, I'll actually go out and play. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. Get what you have, start painting it, and then uh, when you catch up, then maybe buy some new stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. What else was in the in-flight report? They did have another, uh, I think, was this the next iteration of Keyforge? Set number five, Keyforge is Keyforge is Keyforge. I mean, we're we're still excited to see House Unfathomable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and they're adding some new mechanics with them. Keyforge is doing its thing and, and continue to evolve. And I like it for that. It's been a while since I've played. It's been a while since I picked up a deck. It, I feel like it's a thing like I could go, I can still feel like I could go pick up a deck off a shelf at a, a game store and then still have fun with the game. Yeah. yeah. It's the nice thing about Keyforge is at any point you can just jump in. And of course, when we were watching the live stream, that's exactly when they finally called it quits because it kept cutting out right in your uh, right in your jam. It's true, it's true. We we got wow. we got right into it. They started showing we got some to, art. We yeah. got to Keyforge. The stream went out. They were down for a bit. They got it back going. They restarted Keyforge. It went down again. They went through it. They got Keyforge back up. They started talking about it. They got into Arkham, and but they were saying, like, if it goes down again, we're just going to have to call it quits. And, of course, it went down again because mm -hmm. uh, they said something about it. But, no, uh, they, they rounded out the last of the, the Innsmouth Conspiracy cycle, showing off uh, Mythos Pack 6. We don't even have the locks box yet, so, like, seven months plus down the road. Neat that we saw it, but they did show off the epic scenario, War of the Outer Gods. Which is heartbreaking because here we are going, we would be sitting in our you know in the inflate report right now going salivating thinking about us playing over the weekend oh another epic scenario that they designed i loved blob from last year labris of lunacy is a great epic multiplayer if you get uh three tables with at least six people so you have at least two per table but if you get the full 12 like labris of lunacy is such a fun scenario to play through with with a larger group like that blob is insane because it there there is no upper scale the one thing i'm i'm disappointed that they're coming out with with this kind of scenario at this point because this would have been the con this like the convention is the time to play this scenario after this yes. convention after this is kind of in the backlog when we can go back to gen con i don't know if this is going to hit as well as it did and, you know in a in a in a post-pandemic world I don't know if it's we'll going to be able out. to hit the way that it hit. I'm hoping oh. so. I'm I'm really yeah. hoping so. Um, I think it will in some capacity. I just don't know what the future holds at this point. So until yeah. we know. But this would have been the the Gen Con scenario. Then they would have most likely played this and, and sponsored it at Arkham Knights as well. Arkham Knights is still to be determined. But then again, we don't even usually hear about Arkham Knights until like four weeks prior if we're lucky. Before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with the way everything's turning, it's not. I'm not holding my breath on this year. But we'll see. Yeah. Because again, that's like several hundred people in a pretty confined space up at fantasy flight and as nice as it would be i personally say it would be better to play it safe which is i think why we ended up doing a 2020 card console on gen con on sunday 
which was going to be on a Saturday, but then pushed it back. Whatever. We'll we'll talk about that a little mm-hmm. bit when we get to Sunday. I think that's why that happened at Virtual Gen Con, opposed to because I think they're already making that call for Arkham Knights and they just haven't said anything yet. Anything else in the in-flight report that caught your eye? I mean, we got an expansion to Lord of the Rings, Journey in Middle Earth. Uh, we mm-hmm. got information on the new Marvel Champions. There is a lot going on. But, and this is a big but, they just keep bringing out hero packs. They don't bring out any more scenarios. So, I mean, it's cool to see Ant-Man, Wasp, Quicksilver, and Scarlet Witch. Um, And Mm -hmm. then the Galaxy's Most Wanted with uh, Groot and Rocket. But we have all of this content coming out for the heroes. And you have no real new scenarios other than uh, Galaxy's Most Wanted having some scenarios in it. Well, remember that we're still about to get uh, Rise of the Red Skull. Mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. two heroes and and scenarios. And then uh, the Once of Future King was announced, which is another villain pack. Those are in the pipeline already. We're going to get Hulk, I think, somewhere in there too. I think Hulk is next, and then I think Rise of the Red Skull falls after that. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get those extra scenarios sooner before all this, before uh, Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch, Ant-Man, and Wasp. But yeah, we were talking about it. It was one of the things like, I like Arkham for the amount of scenarios I can play. And my only gripe with champions at this point really is I, I'm getting a little tired of playing the same handful of scenarios just with new characters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So once we get the scenario packs and the campaign box, I think we'll be in a much better space. And I hope hopefully that'll feel a little bit better. And then knowing that another campaign box is like not very far away, I think we're going to be in good shape, good shape there. Mm hmm. Yeah, another announcement from Fantasy Flight is Twilight Imperium Prophecy of the Kings. Oh man, I cannot wait for that. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> I know a lot of people are have a gripe with the 99.95 MSRP on it. Pricey, yes. I will never deny that. I think the Journeys of Middle-Earth expansion was a little pricey too, though that comes mm-hmm. with a lot of minis. This one does have a lot of lot of stuff in it and it fall at 99, it falls about 2 thirds of the core game. Mm-hmm. But like a full Twilight experience now is going to be a, a $250 investment, so that's that's a little bit tougher to swallow. The benefit though is this is how we are going to get up to 8 players, mm-hmm. uh, which is what Twilight 3rd edition was. They're adding leaders back into it, which is a whole lot of cards. 40 new uh, system tiles, which is a whole lot of cardboard. So, like, there's a lot of value in there. But, yeah, it, it, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. And it, it's a, it's an expensive expansion. Um, The other big announcement, well, not necessarily an announcement, but super, super tease. Oh, the yes. very, very end. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, so yeah, they, they pre-recorded and then put it on YouTube, uh, the in-flight report, after the stream crashed. And if you watch all the way through the end, yeah, they pull up a big box and it's uh you know chris uh chris gerber head of fantasy flight now pulls out this big giant descent box and with a beautiful cover art and it just says descent legends of the dark they didn't really address it they didn't really talk about it this is the fabled quote-unquote third edition of descent maybe Mm -hmm. to be determined exactly what this is i secretly hope it is a third edition but they have to have some sort of support for second edition conversion because there's so many people with second edition stuff Uh, when they went to second edition there was a conversion method for for a lot of your stuff for first to second so i'm hoping they do something like that mansions of madness they did a very similar thing where when they went to second edition there's a lot of stuff that could be reused in second edition that you could have had from third edition Mm -hmm. 
So I'm hoping they take a very similar model because I think that was very successful for them. Mm-hmm. And then essentially, like, if you don't have the second edition stuff uh, when the third edition comes out, what I secretly hope they do at, like, mansions where they release a couple packs of, like, here's the old stuff repackaged in a new package that if you buy this, it would be as if you had all the old stuff. Mm-hmm. That way, like, I personally could skip it, but you who have not bought into Descent second edition could still get some of that stuff easily. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, I'm really excited for for Descent Legends because I want to know what it is, um, but I also really like the idea of Terranoth and 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 all that. I'm really glad that was our Wednesday, and now Gen Con officially opens Thursday. Watch the opening ceremonies virtually. It was kind of fun, but definitely nowhere near as exciting as you know when we were there standing outside the event halls, piled shoulder to shoulder with people, all eager for opening die roll of, of Gen Con. We got a little bit about Edge Studios, who is now going to take over some of the game lines for for that fancy flight drop, their RPG department, which was part of this transitionary period where I'm like, this is they're making a lot of changes, and I'm not sure where it's going. And now there's game line like literally l5r recently came out and now they're just killing it and their genesis system where they announced like keyforge is going to get its own source book and now we don't have rpg team just felt weird for a long time yeah so it looks like uh right now everything is being moved over to edge studios and by that if you look on their website it shows everything i mean they even have star Mm -hmm. wars information on there um, it is a placeholder website as much as it can be. It You scroll to the bottom and just says, hey, this really isn't anything. Let us know if you want us to let you know when we actually become something. But right. we got a definitive answer. Legend of the Five Rings is moving over. Genesis. Yes. And they are bringing back Midnight Legacy of Darkness. That was an original IP from Fantasy Flight Games. So it seems that even though Fantasy Flight is moving away from the tabletop RPG world, they are moving it to a company that's just going to exclusively focus on that. Correct. And the old head of that RPG department is now working with Edge Studios. So I expect it to be, while there is going to be a gap in production, that makes me excited. Mm -hmm. And Midnight coming back is actually pretty cool too. It is good to feel like we are still going to be in good hands with that. Star Wars is going to be moving over there as well. Uh, They didn't announce anything or comment on it, but if you do look up Edge Studios, go on their website, you do see that they have information on Star Wars, so it is to be assumed that going to be kept as well. Me and you were very excited to hear that Star Wars was going to have Clone Wars era content. Mm-hmm. So it's it's again not one of those where we're throwing it out, it's done. Next question. Exactly. So that was the Edge Studios. The next thing that we did ourselves was the uh, Pandasaurus talks and they've got a couple games coming up. Two of which are in their their old uh, Dinosaur Island. More mm. importantly, a, their uh, roll and write games are, are very popular. So they're doing a Dinosaur Island roar and write Mm -hmm. not only that but they're doing a more advanced dinosaur island style game called dinosaur world because you know while it's not jurassic park it is not jurassic park as uh, as legally separate entities as they can be but that doesn't mean that they can't follow very similar like hey here's the next step of what's going to happen so that one's going to be very interesting uh the only only thing they did is they leaked the cover uh the in progress cover art not even finalized Mm -hmm. and it is gorgeous if you were a fan of the dinosaur island franchise they have the same artist and everything looks beautiful Mm -hmm. and then the reprinting tammany hall right which is like pandasaurus's original game so that that's exciting too 
Very, very excellent. They have a few other games coming out. Of course, again, we're going to gloss over a lot because for the interest of so much going on. Yeah, yeah. But they do have Ohanima coming out. There's a robots game coming out. And then the game Quick and Easy. So they did announce a few other uh, games coming out. Um, So we are excited to hear more about that, as well as Apollo, the NASA moon missions. We look forward to hearing more, seeing more, everything about those games. Yeah, Pandasaurus has a lot in their pipeline Mm -hmm. coming up, which is which is always a good good sign, good thing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then we talked about Donuts to Donuts with 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 flat out games a couple episodes ago. But then we got into one of their demos and got to play some Donuts to Donuts with them. And that was fun. It, yeah. It's a neat puzzly game, and I, I definitely see where it's that light-ish to medium-ish, depending where you are on your tile-laying experience, like they were talking about. And honestly, like, the theme and everything made a lot of sense. It just, it made it, everything was great. It was, it's light, it's fun, it's colorful. Man, there's so many good things to say about that game. <laughs> yeah, no, that game was a ton of fun. It, it is one of those where you play it, and you're like, what? I, I don't necessarily understand. And then by the time it comes back to you, you're like, no, I'm I'm an expert at exactly what I have to do right now. And that, that was a fantastic game to play. I think the only thing we weren't expecting was the end of the game. But other than that, I mean, right. trying to go from teaching someone on the tabletop to teaching someone over Tabletopia is a completely different experience. So other than that, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the great new, or the 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 other thing that we did, and you know, we 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 talk about talking to flat out games about dollars to donuts. We then played Stargate season one episode one, groundbreaking. Did have that interview a few episodes ago with Mac Martin. Yes, we did. Uh, and you know, and it was a couple episodes before that. It was my uh, playtest team talking with you about guys playing the, it. Yeah. Review. So this was my first time. This was your second time playing. So this is my first time playing. I ran the playtest. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair I enough. didn't. It's... I didn't get. I didn't get to actually play last time. I only got to run run it, which is a very different experience on the system. And I have to say, I you know, uh, we got to play with Brad, the CEO of Wyvern, and. Uh, it was just a ton of fun. It was a lot more roleplay heavy versus encounter heavy. Just an all around great, great first experience into the system. Right. And this is also part of their living campaign series. So what they're going to be doing is they have broken out 13 different episodes that they're going to slowly release. I believe the plan is over the next year. And the idea is it's a living campaign. So what we did is recorded an after action report and what everybody all these sessions do is they're going to craft this the events that could potentially pop up in future episodes as well as get us like unlocks and other things because um you know we got some facilities and things like that for mm-hmm. the unlock in episode in each episode and more character building options as we've advanced our storyline per se mm-hmm. so there's there's some really cool stuff about that and they're independent enough where you don't need to play episode one before you play episode two before you play episode three so mm-hmm. that's the other nice thing that they're doing is while if you want a big picture story, you can play all the episodes, but they're written in such a way where if you did not get into episode one and only played episode two, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. We played throughout the weekend uh, in other games. We had people who 
didn't play one or didn't play game two or may not have played one and two and and they just got to jump straight in and got to enjoy enjoy the, uh, the the game as is. There were some callbacks during the games that they missed out on that they may not have uh, fully understood. But that was our Thursday. Thursday. Now Friday uh, jumping rolls to around. our Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Friday rolls around. Man, I was busy Friday. Yeah. There's so much stuff. Talking about the Armada. Uh, fans of White dove deeper into Armada, showing off the models, showing off cards, showing off. Oh, it's just pretty. Yeah. It's all so, so, so pretty. I mean, as we've come to expect with Fancy Flight, everything is either well thought out, beautifully sculpted, or both. And it's usually both. We also did get to check in with Czech, uh, Czech Games. Yes. They do have two games coming out this fall, Under Falling Skies and yep. Lost Ruins of Arnak. Yeah. Um, Lost Ruins is this nice worker placement game. Mm-hmm. And then Under Falling Skies was like this neat little solo game. Pretty much like Roswell aliens are showing up, so you've got to deal with it. And you only have so much time until the mothership lands, because that's literally like the time counters as mothership moving down this board. So you're only dealing with the drones and stuff, but they're coming in for landing. So you got to figure out what the hell's going on and stop it. That's awesome. It's a, it's a neat, neat looking puzzle game as far as like a solo game goes. Mm-hmm. The next big one that we had was Brotherwise. Um, yes. And they announced a few beautiful things. I mean, they have had um, Overlord in the pipeline for a while. The um, Kickstarter. The Kickstarter just up. Yeah, um, they still are accepting late pledges for that. Um, yep. As of recording, but they actually got to show off more of it. Top they showed of that, off more of it, and they showed a little bit more of the history of it, too. Of, like, mm-hmm. where it came from, where it evolved, and because of the, the Kickstarter, how much extra stuff was going to be, is being able to be produced into the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the other thing they did showcase was Call to Adventure, the Stormlight Archive, a standalone that can be integrated into the core game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can just play it as is. So if you just want to experience a new game for the new game, you don't have to worry about picking up anything else with it. Right. And what a time for that to actually drop because that is based, the Stormlight Archives are the novel set from Brandon Sanderson, who is getting the fourth book in the series out this November. So it is a great year to have for Sanderson fans here. Mm-hmm. Coming out this week, too. Uh, it's officially in retail this week. They actually had the web store up. The web store orders, I think, were filled within the last month. Mm-hmm. So some people have already gotten this, but it should be hitting your retail style shelf if you didn't order directly this week, assuming mm-hmm. your retailer ordered it. If not, tell them they can order it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, then they've got other things in the pipeline, too. Um, well, the, the last uh, 2020 release they have on the map is Boss Monster Vault of Villains. So it is just another expansion to Boss Monster, which is always fun to see. It's not just another expansion, though. This is the expansion to tie all the expansions together. Yeah. So so prior Boss Monsters expansions, you couldn't always use everything together Mm -hmm. because this expansion works with this stuff, but then you can't really mix it in with this other stuff. This one ties all of it together, and you can play pretty much with any configuration you want now. That is actually pretty fantastic. I know there have always been issues with the big boxes and the small boxes, adding the fourth and fifth player, that it only really works if you put it with one of the big boxes. Yep. This is this is the thing that ties it all together. Definitely, if you're into Boss Monster, this is probably going to 
bump up to my number one expansion recommendation because it's going to be the glue that makes everything else work. Awesome. Otherwise, outside of the 2020 release, we do have Night of the Ninja. Fast-paced, team-based, ninja-themed social deduction. Yeah. And, honestly, the thing I love about this the most, the art is this paper craft shadow box art. All of it is like shadow box art that artist builds. So it's beautifully looking art. Mm. So I'm I'm sorry. I'm just excited about that. It's like it's such I, a unique I can't blame way it. Yeah, no. to, to, to it present it. Looks beautiful. It looks like it's gonna be a ton of fun. And then we got into uh, the inside of Renegade Games. Yes. A few things that they introduced. Expansions to Power Rangers, Heroes of the Grid. They are adding Squat and Babo uh, expansion. They are also announcing uh, Legendary Ranger Forever Rangers pack with the art is beautiful. Don't know anything about that pack, but... I am excited to see what else is coming from there. Yeah, they also showcased Vampire the Masquerade Rivals, the expandable mm-hmm. card game, which is going to be going on Kickstarter on August 4th. They also were showcasing some of their smaller box games, some of the RPGs. I know they were showing off, um, they're putting out some puzzles with, like, Overlight. I, I did show my girlfriend... Um, Athenium Mystic Library. Mm, it's surprising yes. that's the first time I've ever seen her light up over a, a board game that she knows nothing about. She just sees that there's books involved, there's wands involved. She loves Harry Potter and libraries, so this is right up her alley. Um, yes. It does look like it will be a ton of fun. But after that, we did jump over to all things dark and cyberpunk. And I'm going to let you take over on this one, Justin, because I've been yelling a lot. So all things dark and cyberpunk was uh, Artel Zorian with Mike Pondsmith and a few other members of the team. And they were talking about upcoming cyberpunk red and taking some chat questions about hey you know cyberpunk red is taking the game from cyberpunk 2020 to like closer to 2077 which is the upcoming game from uh, cd project red and it was like this huge like okay what is you know what is this all about what's changed what's not changed and you know how do we get from one place to the other place so in there um he talked a little bit about different specific areas how they balanced what's back what's not back in the system only thing that's a little disappointing is we don't still don't have really any timeline or date on it the one thing that they did show off we saw it last year at gen con but they didn't really talk about it too much was the minis line that monster fight club is putting out several packs of cyberpunk miniatures one is more exciting than the rest because it is street cop mike pondsmith it's so great and it is so great yes and honestly i think the, the joke was the dog was better than than mike himself but it Either way, like, they're just fantastic. So our Zorian is doing some really fun stuff, and their partnership with CD Projekt Red has probably been one of the coolest things in a while. To see yeah. that CD Projekt Red is super excited to work with them. They're super excited to work with CD Projekt Red. So, like, it's like the, the, this happiness ball that keeps giving giving uh, treats out. Mm-hmm. Just so excited to see more of what they have coming out. But after that, we did jump into Stargate Phoenix Season 1, Episode 2, Watershed. And this was more of my jam. It was a little bit more action-y, a little bit more physical scenario mm-hmm. and story. It was a lot heavier. So, like, if, you, if you're a fan of Stargate, I would equate Season 1, Episode 1 as one of those standalones, kind of get you established to some, like, new new element, like a new race, maybe first 
context sort of thing. Like, oh, here's a trouble problem that they had. And okay, now they're good. This was like one of those heavier moral dilemma insanity episodes where it's like, oh man, Stargate's gotten heavy. Mm-hmm. That's what episode two was. And I love it for that because um, that's that, that in RPGs, that's where I like to be. Yeah, yeah. It is yep. like, you know, heavy, heavy and like, man, this is serious. Okay. Very engaging. Something's always happening. And that was fantastic. So, I mean, both of our second experience playing, your third experience mm-hmm. and the universe, it was fantastic to see it. I did appreciate that already within these universes they have, we were already able to register our characters and bring them from episode one to episode two. And yes. we're already building, uh, building the character themselves. That is fantastic to see. Um, yeah, and and they're gonna keep enhancing that because they have mm-hmm. they have ideas. It's just a matter of getting them implemented and working. So there's a lot of cool stuff in the pipeline still to come. Mm-hmm. But what they have is already pretty awesome. Yeah. Saturday, officially day three of Gen Con. Holy crap! I'm tired. If I haven't gone back to bed before midnight uh, in any of these nights, which is not different than any other Gen Con, honestly. I know it's it's weird because we we would go to bed like I stayed up till two every day. Just because mm-hmm. I'm like, this is my weekend. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Twiddle my thumbs while I wait for the next thing to happen. Day three, we're starting to feel it. A little bit lighter. Uh, most of the news stuff kind of came out of the first two days, which is kind of to be expected. Uh, mm-hmm. Atomic Mass kept releasing stuff every day of like, I think day three was when we started seeing like, okay, that's when they officially talked about Daredevil and officially talked about Wilson Fisk. And they officially were teasing some other stuff. I'm like, stop it, guys. You're going, you're crazy. Yeah. But I said in, on a discussion of the Stone uh, Stonemeyer's newest game that'll be coming up, Pendulum, uh, with their designer, and that was a neat uh, discussion of like Stonemeyer does design days where you know it's kind of a big pitch storm, and this is one of those ones that Stonemeyer doesn't do real time time based games, and this is, and it came to this pitch and it was like people who knew about it were expecting like, yeah, it's going to do well, but like uh, Jamie at Stonemeyer doesn't necessarily normally get excited about these types of games, and still it was able to excite them. So it was a neat concept of how some of this stuff can work, and a lot of the other medias, uh, Rondo and, and other guys have put out a lot of uh, reviews and demos for this already because it's uh, going on pre-order on the 5th. Definitely uh, check it out. It looks it looks different. It looks interesting. But it's from the Stonemeyer family, so it's also going to have a so, uh, Automa solo mode, and it's going to be this nice, uh, complete production package, too. And we played Season 1, Episode 3 of the Stargate RPG. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this one was a little bit different. This was the kind of a, a lighter, comedic-esque episode so if you're a stargate fan think of like worm the wormhole extreme episode or uh window of opportunity where episode two was the the heavy serious stargate uh sci-fi moral dilemmas this was the it's also stargate let's have some fun Mm -hmm. definitely different tone definitely different feeling and the the benefit i feel is if you were able to play episodes one two and three regardless of your order you got three different ways you can run a stargate episode and this is all covered in their book of like how to write episodes how to include this tension die mechanic which can go from a d4 to d12 and like d4 is the light trivial 
silly episode stuff. And the D12 is like you're we're dealing with life and death and season finale. Apophis is coming back, doom mm. and gloom stuff, and anywhere in between. And a lot of your character abilities and a lot of the enemy stuff works off of that tension die setting for that episode count that you're on. Mm-hmm. So I, I like the, the idea that it can be so flexible like that. Yeah, that one was a shorter episode, considerably shorter. I know um, episode two actually ran like an hour and a half long. Yeah. Episode three actually ended like an hour early, which mm-hmm. was okay because, you know, it was still a lot of fun. It was, it, it's nice to see the difference between episodes one, two, and three. There wasn't, everything was something different. And I really, really appreciated that out of the three of them. And then Sunday came around and it was a little bit lighter again. Sunday is generally lighter for Gen Con in general, in my opinion, because you know, there's only like half a day and then we have to travel back. So it's like dealing with hotel stuff. And luckily we didn't have to do any of that, but we did get to watch this is when we watched a lot more of the X-Men board game from uh, Fancy Flight, got a lot more of those details, got mm-hmm. more excited about it. The only thing that I'm a little bit wary of is like the character standee art is just kind of okay. I'm not really excited about it. But the fact that all of the card art is original art is mm-hmm. super cool. Marvel Champions recycles a lot of comic art where this one does not. Now, mm-hmm. some of the art may, there might be some iconic comic scenes that are being representative in a slightly different manner, is what they were saying. Mm-hmm. So it may look familiar, but it won't be the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that I'm pretty much excited for, because like, honestly, you know, comics are an art form and not only a storytelling medium, but a visual medium. And so if you have good art to go with it, it's going to be great. And I will say, it's very rarely that you see something and you go, meh, I don't know. I don't think that I would be willing to give this a second thought, but we saw this on the fantasy flight and flight report and we're very lukewarm to it but after yeah. watching it this morning we were just me and you both were texting back and forth just like yeah no no this this is this is this is nice right. this is this is good this is this uh, this is solid I, i'm excited to actually like get this on the table yeah for me it's more of like i needed to see the gameplay in action and actually see if there's actually like something to the gameplay I cared about Mm because I still feel like a little burnt from Arkham Final Hour from last year. Arkham and Hour sounded great Mm -hmm. and then after playing it a bunch I'm like ah there's just not enough variety so like that was one of my concerns and and finding out that we're going to have 16 different characters that they're all going to be pretty neat and they kind of team up differently and the X-Men is all really about uh, teaming up and and working together and doing stuff so I I appreciate the fact that it looks like it's going to be more solid in the gameplay aspects that I was initially worried about Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. after that we did get to check out vampire the masquerade rivals expandable card game and this was another one that honestly personally i was a little lukewarm to actually i was lukewarm excited lukewarm and then we played it and honestly like i was not like when we actually sat down at i'd like to say sat down at the table but once we sat down at the digital table i was like i don't know if i'm gonna like this i don't know if i'm actually gonna want to play this but damn like i enjoyed it yeah so my my personal thing is i like co-op games competitive board games I have no problem with, but for some reason, card games and me just don't seem to jive anymore. The expandable part is like every three to four months, they're going to release something is ideally what they're trying to do. And that's going to help you build up your card pool, get some options in your decks. But that's also how they're going to release more clans and more options to play as. Because you get to play as one of four clans in the demo is what we played. Uh, Torridor, Bruja, 
Venture, and Malkavian. From the card and art, it also looks like it's based off of more uh, Vampire 5th edition, which is also cool. And this is in conjunction with uh, Paradox Entertainment. So, like, it, it looks good. It played very well. I'm actually really surprise of the gameplay i really enjoyed that Mm -hmm. and it was one of those where i also had um i I won't lie you know you you come to a table on sunday you're you're burnt out from the entire weekend of playing games of of Mm -hmm. running around and everything i came to the the table kind of blank-minded i had to be guided through my entire first turn but then after that i'm like wow okay well, the way they structured the demo was a scripted first two rounds. So the the demo runner was like, okay, this is what I want you to do on your turn right now because we want to show you how these particular actions and how this part of your turn works. Okay, next player here's gonna we're going to change it up a little bit because your setup's a little bit differently and the decks were stacked in such a way to show off some of these mechanics that they have in there. Because mm-hmm. otherwise you're going to be stopping and going the entire time. Like, okay, what the hell does this mean? Because I remember uh, when we demoed Keyforge two years ago, it was like, what does this keyword mean? I don't know what the hell. Like, the problem was like without having any sort of scripted in a card game, it's very hard to see um, how some of this stuff is supposed to interact. Mm-hmm. So while I appreciate it, it was scripted, I think if their demo could be scripted for one full round, like for each player gets their first script, their first turn is scripted, and then after that, like, hey, here's a couple options you can do. I think that would have been a little bit better because you also don't want your demos to run forever either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, I will say this. Each clan was doing things that I expected that clan to do in a card game. So the Torador were very schemy and very, like, power-grabbing. The Bruja were very much, like, an aggressor. Let's beat stuff up. Let's do let's do stuff of that nature. Um, the Vam- uh, the Ventru that I piloted were very power-grabby and, like, machination style. And then the the, the, <laughs> the Malkavians were kind of the wild card. They were doing a little bit of everything, but nothing anything else that anybody else was doing either. Uh, so, you know, seeing what they did was always like, a, oh, that's what they're doing on their turn. Interesting. So I'm kind of excited to check out the Kickstarter on August 4th for them because yeah. the demo at least made it like, hey, this is interesting. Uh, my only critique of it right now is the card layouts seem very blocky and very meh. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not necessarily the art or the color. It's just something about the card design and the layout. Again, I'm also a huge fan of um, the Arkham Horror card game, and there's a lot of thought and design of how those card layouts work to invoke different reactions. And I just feel like that's missing in this uh, Vampire Masquerade Rivals. But we'll see what comes to the Kickstarter. Maybe that's a a change that they're going to make. They're definitely soliciting feedback from players, and they've been running demos all Gen Con, so hopefully they've got a lot of feedback that they can take back and and apply some of those things. So Overall, while Gen Con was virtual, there was still a lot of stuff that happened, and a lot of games to be had. Mm -hmm. And while was it the smoothest thing ever? No. Is Gen Con ever really that smooth? No. But was it fun? I think so. I I think it was a ton of fun as well. And I think the nice thing is you and I personally, we always sign up for a lot of things throughout the the weekend. Yes, we do. And then we sign up for a lot of free things that when time comes, we go, okay, are we going to run, you know, over there and be out of commission, you know, be out of everything else for an hour to two hours. Right now we have something else that we want to do. Mm-hmm. We pretty much stuck with the schedule that we set up. I didn't have to wander the vendor hall either, so that helped. Yeah, I know. It saved us a lot of money and a lot of time. I, I appreciated everything being scheduled and being on that schedule. I 
the one the one critique that I do have for Gen Con itself is the fact that once something was canceled, instead of removing it from our agenda, it kept it on there. And when you would click on there, it would say, we're sorry, this event has been canceled. It's like, well, if you already know it's canceled, why is it still in my events? Just remove it so that I could see exactly what I need to do. I cleared time away from my Friday afternoon so I can do something, and now it mm. wasn't there. Or, but, or something at least on the schedule where you don't have to click into it to find out it's canceled, just like it's striked out or something to say, hey, it's, this is canceled, don't bother. Next positive, I'm going to take to the next Gen Con, uh, whether it be in person or online again, mm. is no matter what, any kind of publishers or studios, if they have a Twitch stream, I'm going to do that over my phone, whether I can actually attend the panel itself or just have it, listen in on it and and mm-hmm. have my screen there, whether or not I'm paying attention to it, because that was extremely convenient. Um, I feel like I know more of what was released or what is going to be released for this next year versus after Gen Con last year. No, the only problem is without any sort of master schedule, it was a little hard to identify who was talking about what when. Yeah, yeah. Without digging through the Gen Con event. And then there were some companies like Fantasy Flight that didn't actually, that did a lot of streaming. Atomic Mass did a lot of streaming uh, throughout the weekend Mm -hmm. so like there depending on what you wanted to see there was stuff for it i would have liked to see maybe some sort of like master list assembled of like at four o'clock on friday here's like a whole bunch of stuff that you could potentially do Mm -hmm. that isn't just ticketed events it's also here's all the companies that are planning on doing their streams at that time but that is what it is because i think everybody is in the same boat this year of like we have to figure this out and so like i said i think it went well for Mm -hmm. the amount of experimentation and figuring this out as we go there was yeah yeah definitely because of gen con normally we pick up a, you know your gen con loot bags and like all the stuff that you're like oh man i gotta buy this blah blah blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. was there anything that you purchased because a lot of the companies did like online deals and things of that nature i did pick up hogwarts battle uh the charms and potion expansion i was one of the 250 to receive it so instead of having to line up at eight in the morning to get right in the front of the door so you walk briskly towards the the booth we did uh order it online it was a little difficult to get through but we got it without issue i did order a a gen con hat because i've been i we talked about this last year personally that i really want like their gray hat with the the d20 on it so i finally broke and bought that i also picked up i know humble bundle um was doing something before gen con it's going after gen con but they have the pathfinder bundle where it's a bunch of pathfinder content and then if you spend 30 dollars plus shipping and handling you can get a physical uh player's handbook i did pick that up a few other things i i I got a copy of disney jungle cruise uh adventure game and a few things here or there um so i did pick up some stuff seeing the sales um seeing seeing everything going on picked up five minute marvel it was something that was on sale prior to gen con it was because gen con was coming up right we also, me and you, picked up. Uh, well, I, I picked up a, a set of um, Crystal Cast Gen Con 2020 dice for you and me. Yeah, because it's the, just the the, yeah. the the hey, we were there kind of virtually, but we were there. Yeah, yeah, me and you. I mean, we. I remember the past few years us running in, always grabbing that dice, and then having yeah. just the D6. And it's like, well, let's actually get the full set. Yeah, never really cared about the full set. They weren't really. 
So like it it's good. I'm okay with it because it's it's gonna be a nice like hey memento for remember when 2020 was canceled, but yeah. they still had virtual Gen Con. Yeah, hopefully all the negative from 2020 is gonna uh, like stay, you know stay in 2020. Yeah, stay in 2020, and the karma from that is going to be in those dice, and I'll never roll underneath a uh, 15 on a d20 roll. Or it'll be the the 2020 die, so it's only going to roll one, and then it's going to light itself on fire somehow. <laughs> yeah, you don't know much. how. It's just going to be on fire. Yeah. Uh, did you pick up anything this weekend? Uh, well, I did order the Advanced Players Guide Second Edition from Pazio because they were doing the uh, 20% off an order for Gen Con 2020, so I, I was able to put an order in for that. But no, I kept it kind of light this year. I've got Kickstarters to back. I've got other things coming in, so it's not like it's a shortage of stuff coming to the the household that I have to find homes for. Mm -hmm. Honestly, as we're talking about this, we're we're talking about what we experience, and there's so much more that happened around a Gen Con, uh, even virtually, that like even if we were physically there, we wouldn't be able to talk and cover it all. So if there's Mm -hmm. definitely stuff that uh, you're excited about, definitely let us know. Tell us. Uh, We would love to hear what you experience as well but uh what we were able to do with that potions and uh, charms expansion for harry potter was we experimented and did a live stream this weekend with that didn't we yeah we did well you definitely did i was there for it and it was beautiful justin um, you were there you were there in spirit and it was you know yours so. physically life yeah it was uh if you go on our we have a, a twitch, twitch and we will cam. and we will be uploading the videos to youtube afterwards now Mm-hmm. Um, so again, at the top of the hour, uh, Justin started talking about things that we're trying to do in 2020 and that is moving to more of a visual media. So we will be putting more stuff on the Twitch and, you know, live streaming on the Twitch and posting videos on YouTube. So definitely make sure to jump on there, follow us, uh, subscribe on both of those to mm-hmm. keep up with us. Get those um, notifications when new videos get posted or we're going live on the stream. And quite honestly, I feel the stream itself and doing twitch uh is going to benefit for things like the unboxing so you can actually get like a raw uh unedited emotion out of me and uh ricky when he can join so we'll be doing more of those unboxings on that uh we are definitely open for any sort of tips tricks uh criticisms things you would like to see us do differently in those harry potter one is definitely a rough cut i've already got a list of things that i feel like i did wrong and i will do better next time and then for the youtube channel we've been we've had the youtube channel for a while uh it's mostly been a depository of an alternate source to hear the podcast and and pull up old episodes and stuff so that will continue to happen but we're also going to look at the more active video content and producing more how to plays and uh reviews with visuals uh in that medium now too so more to come on that but definitely go to youtube with tabletop arcanum and hit that subscribe button so that we can get you that new content when it actually comes mm-hmm. likewise for uh twitch excellent so that wraps up uh gen con 2020 we're not going to necessarily talk about what comes up on the next episode but we do have uh we do have another interview in our pipeline that we have coming up be working at getting more of those so i always i always want to appreciate that you listen uh, and I also want to say thank you for following and subscribing. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your dog. Maybe they want to subscribe to Tabletop Arcanum. I know my cats don't, but they're cats, so that explains that. And uh, personally, I know your dog, and trust me, they're down 100%. They want to listen. My dog or their dog? Their dog, not your dog. Okay, because I, I don't have a dog anymore. So yeah, no. That yeah. would be really weird. But, yeah, uh, Ouija board, it's okay. Yeah, he was a cool dog. He's a real cool uh, dog. But... 
honestly, like, yeah, make sure you follow, like, subscribe, uh, Tabletop Arcanum we're on, on our social media. So make sure you follow us on Twitter. We are very active on there, especially with Gen Con. We had all pretty much we're posting all the time this past four or five days because there's a lot of stuff and we were excited about it and want to share it. Follow us for that. And then uh, we are also still on Facebook, Tabletop Arcanum there. And you can always do that stuff. And then you got uh, Instagram, which we're not as active on, but it is still there and is a thing. And if you Instagram, you can follow us on there. And Ricky will still post pictures of things he finds amusing and or interesting there. I try to. Yeah, Twitter is 100%. Uh, Facebook is 75%. Instagram is Instagram. is Instagram. They don't let me post the pictures, as many pictures as I'd like to. Um, but I love posting pictures, so definitely make sure to follow us on all the social medias. Our uh, email address, if you ever want to ask questions or you want to talk, even if you just want to say hello, we have no problem with that. Or, you know, hate mail. That's okay. Uh, tabletoparcanum mm-hmm. at gmail.com. Um, and we look forward to talking to all of you. Make sure to also, again, like and subscribe our uh, YouTube and Twitch stream because we are really going to start building that moving forward so definitely look forward to you guys looking forward to our own content as always this has been justin and ricky happy gaming you've been listening to tabletop arcanum hosted by justin taylor and richard geese and featuring the original music by paul moore and isaac gilbert you can follow us on most social media platforms. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. As always, thanks for listening.